0: Hey, this is max and welcome to the ronin system podcast today i have a very special guest uh ron banks ron why don't you do introduce yourself
1: hey how's it going max uh everything's going well on my end uh i'm a youtuber i'm a kind of a corporate marketing guy as well but i do i write poetry on the side and i think that's my my true passion and my interest there is with writing so great to have me here and i'm excited to talk about minimalism and creativity and anything else that comes up in the conversation
0: yeah i mean uh the the way i found you was actually through your youtube channel um and i just remembered it was cuz i was looking up like minimalism i just wanted to you know kind of do some research on it and i saw yours i really liked your style i really liked what you were saying and it really clicked with me and i was like man i got to get in touch with this guy so i mean thank you for for actually you know taking the time out of your day to um uh, to do this with me of
1: course of course i appreciate the opportunity and uh you know, I'm glad you found me on YouTube. I kind of use my, my platform there to, like you said, share minimalism, but I have a different approach and, and mindset behind it. So uh, I'm excited to talk through with you and, and see where it goes.
0: Yeah, I, I watched some of your videos and um, you know, obviously I have questions. And I guess the biggest question is is why? Why, why minimalism? Why minimalism? You, know, you told me it was, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so uh, it, really my why kind of pulls from three different pillars, you can say. Uh, the first one being that I wanted to reinvent myself, and uh, we can dive a little deeper into that later in the conversation. Uh, but the other pillar is that I had too much stuff, and then the other pillar was that I wanted a new challenge in life. Um, I grew up as an athlete, a collegiate athlete. Uh, I played three sports in high school. I, pl- I ran track in college, so I was always c- competitive at nature and, and uh, challenging myself tremendously with my body my athleticism, but I needed a new challenge in life, and I thought minimalism and, and living my life with less would be a great challenge for me
0: and what, what what are some major changes that you've you've experienced like have you felt more you know aware you felt happier? Yeah, yeah
1: of course I think I think one of the main changes or, or biggest changes I can say that I can talk about now quickly with you is just the clarity within my own self um, and we can kind of just jump right into how I got started with minimalism and it really goes back to high school for me and um, kind of started with a nickname that I was given and that nickname was Mr. Smooth, and uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, it, it, it still kind of shows the people that, that see me and conversate with me, you can kind of see that smooth character about me, but um, it really carried on through high school, carried on through college, and it was something that uh, was cool at the time, popular at the time, but as I grew older, I realized that it wasn't something that was truly me, and uh, a lot of negative side effects came with that nickname and lifestyle and things like that, so... Uh, that's where the reinventing myself aspect comes into play. So I think the biggest challenge, the biggest change that I've experienced was that clarity, letting go of that nickname, reinventing myself, finding out who I truly am, what I truly value. And um, I figured by owning less, it helped me really figure out what that is because I don't have the distractions of materialism or the distractions of friends that uh, aren't real friends in my life. So uh, that was a big adjustment for me, but something that was well worth it in my experience so far.
0: Kind of like a clean slate, kind of exactly, thing,
1: right? exactly. And it was, to be honest with you, it was a big challenge. <laughs> it's a big challenge to kind of <laughs> to kind of let that go because it was a part of my life for you know ten plus years. So, uh, but it yeah, was yeah. it was definitely worth it.
0: When did you start being a, a poet?
1: Uh, poetry started for me as a, as a child. Um, I was very closed off and very quiet, and uh, my parents suggested that I should try, I should try journaling. Oh yeah, and uh, I tried I tried journaling my feelings, and then over time that grew into poetry. And it was really just kind of a a self-expression for myself. And then uh, it kind of grew into sharing that on YouTube and sharing that with friends and family around me and performing at different events. And now I like to say that um, I want my words, my poetry to speak for more hearts than just my own. So that's kind of something I live by within my writing. Uh, So when you hear my poetry, when you hear me read my poetry or listen to it, you will see uh, parts of it resemble my own heart. But you'll see how it can pull from the emotions of others at the same time.
0: Cool, cool, man. I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're chasing your passion. That's, that's something I think everyone should be doing. And of course, you know, poetry is just one of those things that I, I have massive respect for. Because, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's just such a, it's such an experience, you know, it's like mentally, emotionally, even physically, sometimes where you, you, right. you can just express yourself in different ways. Right. And do, do you feel like minimalism has boosted that as well?
1: It, it has, and it's it's hard to tell now because I'm still early in, in my minimalist journey uh, compared to most, um, but I have seen a difference in my approach to my writing. Um, I'm a little more, and you know, it sounds cliche, but I'm a little more intentional with, with how I approach my poetry now. Um, I usually, well, before when I first started, it was very just kind of sporadic, just my feelings, my emotions, but now I'm really trying to to hone in on what the key emotion that I want to communicate is. So that it's a little more clear to the viewer, the listener about what that piece is about. So um, not to say that my writing wasn't that before, but I think it's more, it's a, a little more tuned in now that I've uh, decluttered or clarified, you know, who I am, what I really value, where my mindset should be within my life right now. So, uh, and as I continue to grow, I'm sure my poetry continues to evolve and grow as well.
0: So, uh, so how old are you? I'm 26 now. 26. Okay. Yeah, we're about the same age. I'm 25. But yeah. um. One thing I wanted to ask was, do you, do you live on your own or do you live with family?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm on my own now. I have my girlfriend with me. Uh, so we're, okay. we're living here. We're, we're growing together. She she practices minimalism a little bit with me as well. So it's it's good to have, you know, a, a, I guess a partner in crime when it comes to, uh, you know, mindset shifts and, and habits. So uh, she keeps me accountable. I keep her accountable. But we also have our, our individual uh, approaches to life as well. And I think that keeps it keeps it fresh, keeps it exciting and um, it keeps it us, you know, that's that's the big thing within my just to jump into a quick tangent with you. That's a quick thing, uh, a big thing within my YouTube channel uh, is I always tell my viewers to stay true to you at the, end vid- at, at the end of every video. And I think that's important because in society in general, especially in today's age, we're so uh, quick to try to be what someone else wants us to be or to fit in with the, the masses and. I think it's extremely important to stay true to you and what you value, uh, your passions, uh, whatever you're pursuing in life. So as I'm practicing that myself, like I said, more clarity, reinventing myself, I want to communicate that to those those watching and those on this journey as well with me.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I wanted to try it myself just because, you know, same with you. I just wanted to to find out who I really am and maybe right. reinvent myself. Um, but. One of my biggest challenges is that I I like stuff. Right. You know, I like cool stuff, too. Right, and we all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my girlfriend, too, because I love my girlfriend as well. You know, she's definitely, like, I wouldn't say, like, the opposite, but she's definitely not a minimalist. You know, she's she's got a lot of stuff. Like, our closet is, like, overloaded with her clothing. And, you know, we're, we're happy. You know, we don't really have any challenges there. But I, I feel like if we just gave away – some of the things that were holding us back, you know, like a lot of material stuff, we, we can achieve more. But like you said, you know, we're all different. And- yeah, exactly. And I,
1: I think that I think that's what makes the, the, the journey and the process itself unique, because uh, when I met my girlfriend and the first time I went over her apartment, she was very, I wouldn't say minimalist, but she was very minimal to an extent. And uh, that was very eye opening to me because that was well before I started my journey. And, um, well, I won't say well before, but just right before I really dived into it deeply. And um, then you come to my apartment and I had, you know, shoes everywhere, clothes everywhere. And it was just kind of a, a, an eye-opening experience for me. So uh, I, I, wanna, I don't want to say that she, you know, motivated me to do it, but it was kind of an indirect, you know, motivation at the same time. So uh, it all worked out. And like you said, we all like stuff and there's nothing wrong with, with stuff. It's just uh, knowing what stuff you have is valuable to you and to your lifestyle at this moment so and not just kind of collecting because it's offered to us or marketed to us or or anything like that so i think that's where the fine line has to be drawn
0: yeah Uh, do you have any other like uh interests you know passions hobbies maybe uh
1: honestly just just still being an athlete to be honest with you that's that's the piece of me that's still hard to let go even though i'm not competing you know at a collegiate level or professional level uh i'm still very athletic Um, i've changed my training style a little bit so i used to uh, lift heavy weights and, and explosive lifts, you know, for track and field and running and being being an athlete, honestly, but uh, that's kind of transitioned itself into more calisthenics, so bodyweight training, and uh, again, it falls into that line of, of challenging myself differently, again, so, you know, I can squat all day, I can bench press all day, I can deadlift all day, but can I really hold a handstand, can I do a handstand push-up, can I, you know, so that's that's where the new challenge falls in line with me on on, on that side of my life as well
0: cool, cool. you ever you ever th- uh, thought about doing like continuing to do sports like rec league or anything like that
1: yeah you know i have i've I've done a couple of basketball leagues uh I tried to still compete in track and field after college you know post graduation uh but my body just wasn't having it you know i was a, a a long jumper for years and my joints are just kind of you know had their <laughs> had their time so <laughs> Uh, but I think this this whole calisthenics journey that I'm on and, and, and really uh, using my body weight and practicing on you no know, mobility and things like that, I think that's really gonna help uh, the longevity of my body, my joints. and who knows you know maybe a couple of years from now I may try try something again, but uh, for right now I don't think <laughs> I don't think it's worth worth the uh, the pain I would go through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally get that joint thing because um, you know I, I do jujitsu. And that's definitely a killer on the body. Oh, yeah. Especially, you know, how I do it. But, um, you know, the reason I ask is because that that's one of the things I feel like at least embracing, like, a more meaningful life will, will help me. Because then I get to really kind of humble myself. You know, I really get to slow down. And, and I've, I've started to do it, you know, because uh, I don't know if you know what jiu-jitsu is. But, you know, we wear uniforms. It's, it's called a gi. And... Over time, you know, it went from just, like, straight-up, simple, white top, white pants, and, like, a white belt or whatever color belt, to everyone's got, like, patches, and they've got, like, team affiliations. It looks like they're, like, super sponsored when they're not. Like, most people aren't. And I see that, and I'm just like, do I need that? Do I need to spend the two, $300 for something that, you know, I, I don't really care about? I just need the uniform, right? And so, like, people when they see me train i'm just wearing like straight up black or straight up blue and they're just like dude where your patches like where, where's your where's your team affiliation i'm like i don't i don't need that i don't need to show that because i show it in here not you know not out here and after doing that I, that's why i started looking into middleism you know that's why i started looking into it because i'm like man maybe maybe this is for me maybe this is my lifestyle choice
1: yep and i think I think uh, uh I like what you said about not having to show your patches and and you know the outward appearance of your level of of jiu-jitsu so it's it's um it's an it's an adjustment for everyone that's not in that mindset space you know because we're so used to having to show our status regardless of where it is you know regardless if it's in the workplace you have to have to show your status at some level or even social media. And I talk about that a lot on my channel as well. We have to always have a status that we're updating or showing because we want others to see where we are, what we're doing and, you know, what level in our life that we're at uh, to kind of show it, you know, if we're ahead of them or not. And I think it, like you said, it doesn't have to be what you're showing on the outside, because if you know what you're there for, where you are in your life or your training, like you said, it's, it's, It's well worth that than having to show it to others when it's maybe not necessarily the truest form of you or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you're saying there. And it just applies differently based on, you know, what you're pursuing
0: in your life or your passions
1: or whatever it is for you.
0: So, you know, obviously, you have a YouTube channel. That's that's social media, right? Do you have any other types of social media like Instagram, Facebook? Yeah,
1: I'm on Instagram. I share a lot of my writing on Instagram. Uh, You know, I have a Facebook. I don't really use it often, to be honest with you. And that's another one of those areas of my life that I'm minimizing uh, friendships that I've built over the years. But, um, you know, I'm on Facebook. I don't use that often. I have a Twitter. I never tweet. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just, you know, it's just it's just one of those things, you know, when you when you grow up and those those platforms arise. And it's kind of like, you know, you have to be on the next the next best thing and yeah, you know you over follow time, the right follow the trend exactly same thing with snapchat you know i haven't sent a snapchat in four years you know so it's <laughs> it's you know it's, it's just one of those things it's kind of like you know what's the the point of having it but um right now i'm only active on instagram and, and youtube and i think that's where my audience lies and that's where i find the best uh place for me to express my poetry and, and my minimalist uh, you know approach to life
0: yeah i guess you have a good reason to to use social media platforms just to get that stuff out there you know I have an Instagram, but I probably... The last time I posted a picture was probably like a year and a half ago, and it was more like obligatory. You know, it's like a really special occasion. I think it's like a graduation or something. But the only reason I use it, and I tell those people all the time, the only reason I use it is so that me and my girlfriend can send each other memes and stuff. Right. Know, and that, and I think that, 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 <laughs> that's,
1: and, that, and honestly, that's the only reason why I have my Facebook is because my girlfriend, she had tagged me in a meme or a video or something every now and then. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you know, I, <laughs> I'll go like the, the, the fact that she tagged me, but <laughs> you know, if you <laughs> ask me to put a Facebook status or anything that that's, I stretched it a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I completely, completely agree with you. I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> so, um, you said you had a corporate job. You know, we all gotta have one. I have one too. What does your girlfriend do? Just if you don't mind. Yeah, me asking. so she
1: yeah she's in the the dental field. So she's a hygienist oh, cool. and 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 does things like that and cleans teeth and she's very uh very hygienist ist uh, when it comes to the mouth and the oral and the, and health. So uh, that's what she does. And then me, like you said, I'm in a corporate job. I'm in marketing. Uh, the position that I'm in, I do a lot of work with NASCAR and drag racing. So. Uh, when cool. I tell people that, they think that I have a a pretty cool job because I like to travel and see things like that. <laughs> and it, you know, it is cool, but, uh, you know, marketing is a, another, I guess, side passion of mine. I just like how we can, you know, how marketing itself works, but I also can see into a lot of the gimmicks that other corporations and, and things like that put out there. And, you know, my girlfriend and I, we have a great conversation about that. And, and you know, I'll always tell her, you know, that's just marketing. and That's not what that is, you know, so. But uh, yeah. it has it's almost like a double-edged sword, you know. It's like I'm I'm in that field, but uh, I, I kind of see the gimmicks in it as well. But I think it all falls in line with with what you're marketing and what company you're with and what what the uh, values of that company is. So uh, the company that I'm with, I think our our values are definitely in a a better
0: place than most. So for sure, that's that's awesome, man. Uh, NASCAR. We I'm actually in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We have the NASCAR. I think it's the NASCAR headquarters here. It's like a huge building with NASCAR on it, it's, but um, yeah. I mean, the fact that your your girlfriend's a hygienist, I mean, your teeth are amazing. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> I just want to point that
1: out. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank, thank you, thank you. And I um, <laughs> it's funny you brought that up. I have a, I wrote a poem when I talked about that, and, and a line in the poem says that uh, um, I only smile because I'm told my teeth are pretty, and yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a kind of a like you said you know very an ironic statement. But uh, I, I definitely appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> when always wasn't always this way. I had braces for like four and a half years, but that wasn't my, my oh, childhood. Yeah.
0: Man, I had braces too. I hated I hated wearing braces. Yeah, it was a You amazing. still use
1: your retainers? Yeah, I do. Wear them at night.
0: I have to. You have, <laughs> the, uh, you have the Invisalign ones? No, I don't. I have the, the metal hard
1: piece ones <laughs> that, that kind of sit in your mouth. So uh, uh yeah, I still wear them every night, but um, if I don't, then my, my teeth will start to shift back to how they want to be. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's
1: where I want them to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, man, they, they do look good. I, I just had to point that out. If you guys want to see that. it, just check, check them out on YouTube. I appreciate that. Uh, shameless plug. Thank but, you. So I do have a question here. Um, I asked one of my friends, or I told one of my friends that I'll be doing a you know a podcast episode with you. And he, he heard you're a minimalist, and he's like, you know, I had all these questions just like I did. And one of the funniest questions that, that sort of struck a chord with me is, like, what do they eat? I was like, "What? What do you mean?" It's like, "They just eat food." He's like, "No, minimalist, right? They have to have minimal food." Oh no, I don't no, think no! That way.
1: <laughs> it doesn't. And I, and I actually, you know, it's funny you bring that up, and it's a great conversation piece. Um, a lot of people, when they think of minimalism, they automatically associate that with veganism or vegetarianism, yeah. and um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not necessarily the case. Um, I will admit that my girlfriend and I we are practicing a plant based diet, but it's not not because of our minimalist approach to life; it's for other reasons, but uh, health reasons, but Um, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when it comes to what minimalists eat, we're, we're, still human. And I like to say that we're still human. We're still everyday people. Uh, we just pursued, we just choose to live our life with, with less. But, um, I think to just dive deeper into that, um, I don't think minimalism is the, the core of who I am or who most people are. And I think the core of that, and I have a video that I, um, talk about this on my channel as well. I think the core of where we are in our life is just a deeper understanding of self, where we've reached that point where we know who we are, we know what we value and where we want to, what path we want to travel in our life. And once you reach that point, you now have an opportunity to add other things to your life. So if you think of a, a, a chart, there's a middle bubble, and then you have the other bubbles that dr- that break off of that. And that middle center bubble is a deeper understanding of self. And then breaking off from that are things like minimalism, veganism, zero waste, slow fashion, you know, no social media, whatever it is. Starting a business it can be anything you want. And once you reach that point, you know, I know who I am, what I want to do, what I value. Then you start to add those pieces to your life. So I've added minimalism to my bucket. Uh, my girlfriend's added it to her bucket, and now we're dabbling into the veganism a little bit and adding that to our bucket. So uh, what minimalists eat, we eat what you eat. <laughs> but we, some of us, we just choose to, to like I said, just the same thing with our lifestyle. We choose to add other aspects of, of life or challenges to our life that we want to pursue so um and you know a lot of people may ask am i zero waste no I'm not zero waste but uh, I I do practice a, a plant-based diet personally but not because of minimalism
0: yeah that's I mean I I think that's that's a I guess you call it a trend that's starting to stick you know just eating healthier eating cleaner zero waste you know I'm not zero waste either I mean I, I... <laughs> You know, I uh, I studied environmental science. I, I worked at Tesla. You know, I did all that stuff, but I'm definitely not zero waste. You know, I barely ever recycle. You know, I, I have a lot of trash just lying around, but I, I I hide it pretty well. You know, I'm pretty organized. So, you know, I got like 10 trash cans everywhere. But um, the food thing, you know, me and my girlfriend, we're trying to eat less meat, especially red meat. You know, we're trying to be more conscious of, of like how we cook and, and, and like, you know, how much waste we have. But. You know, like you said, it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge too, especially because we both grew up really, you know, like immigrant mentality. It's it's really like the the more stuff you have, the better off you are. Um, and so, it's it's a huge challenge. And and the reason I bring that up a little bit is because my parents are are absolutely the opposite of minimalists. You know, that they, they they want stuff, they have stuff, they have a lot of stuff. You know, and definitely like they're like a hundred percent waste. But you know, it's, it's just one of those things that um, when when I see it, it's just like, if if you could just embrace just a little bit, you know, be more meaningful in life. Like uh, Marie Kondo, a couple episodes ago, I was, I was talking about that, watching that uh, Netflix series. And I feel like everyone should watch that because then you really get to figure out what you want to do in life, you know, like, um, what you say, spark joy, you know, just, just you know, for, for you, did you have any, like, I guess external challenges like that, like family challenges, where you, where you had to get over that um, that hump.
1: You know, honestly, not not directly. Um, you know, growing up, my mom spoiled us. You know, they have a lot. My parents have a lot of stuff. They would always, you know, Christmas was you know a kind of a, a big deal. But um, when I decided <laughs> to to pursue minimalism, I think it was it wasn't taken negatively. It was just taken as you know just a new approach to life and me growing up and maturing or anything like that. So. Um, and I actually went back to my parents' house. I cleaned out my old bedroom, my, my closet, everything I had from high school. And now that space is completely empty. But um, it's, and, and I can say it this way, my dad is a little more open to letting go than my mom is. But I think that just comes with, you know, what you're used to. You know, if you're used to, to having the things and having the stuff, then that's just, you're just used to it. And it's not, not a bad thing. Um, they don't look down on me for practicing minimalism. I don't look down on them for, for wanting things. It's just a different way of living and a different way of pursuing life. So I didn't have any challenges with that. Um, it's just how I'm choosing. Now, the one challenge, I can say this, the one challenge is accepting gifts and, and things like that because there, there's not a lot that I that I want or need. <laughs> so when, when birthdays do come around or anything like that and they ask, you know, what do you want or anything like that, it's, it's usually nothing. You know, and I may get a card and I'm happy with that because I don't, you know, I have everything I need from my perspective. And if it's something that I truly need to add to my life that, I, that I'm going to use and value, then I'll just go get it. So, um, yeah, And I think that that uh, I don't know. It's just I think that's the one challenge, but it's not it hasn't been any other challenges outside of that at all.
0: Yeah, that's it is a challenge, but I think it's a little bit smaller challenge. Um, you know, same thing with me anytime some you know birthday rolls around christmas and coincidentally my birthday is like 10ish days away from christmas so it's like pretty much they ask me for one gift which is easier and i just tell them, just buy me dinner like i'm good with that like give give me something that i need you know i, I need some nourishment but um yeah let's let's dive back into uh poetry a little bit you know are, are you an author? Do you have, do you have a book? Yeah,
1: I actually, I, uh, I wrote two poetry books. I self-published two poetry books. I did one back in 2016, my first one ever. Um, and that was a, My Life in a Thousand Words. And that was kind of just my first uh, step at journaling publicly. That's a, a phrase, but uh, that was a really cool book. And then I have one now that is on Amazon called Break the Bondage. And a unique story behind that, I was asked to write a poetry book for a Women's Empowerment Conference and uh so this was last year february um i was asked to be a part of this conference write a poetry book perform for their saturday night event so that book is on amazon break the bondage if any ladies are interested in that Uh, very empowering poetry uh, motivational poetry to pursue what your passions are in life Um, then i'm currently working on a third one i don't have a title yet but uh it's a work in progress
0: and it's it's all just you know kind of scrap together like poems yeah
1: yeah you know some some of them are my the first book i did i like my life in a thousand words was just kind of like the poems that i had at that time that i've written um Mm -hmm. that i haven't yet shared but now um the book that i'm writing on now and again with the break the bondage book that's on amazon uh those pieces are very um message based so they're all fitting a certain message a a certain category a certain um whatever you want to call it so like I said, the Break the Bondage book is very motivational, encouraging for women. And then the book that I'm working on now is going to be more so on, the you know, looking at life from a positive perspective and pursuing what it is that you're passionate about. So uh, it's a poetry book that has minimalist-esque, you know, values dropped in, but it's still very creative, very open, very uh, emotional and very inspiring at the same time
0: yeah you're just trying to help people be the best them they can exactly be, just way. In own exactly way, right?
1: in my own way and i think uh if you go to the about page of my youtube channel you will see that because I, I you know i say you know this channel is about encouraging and sharing my knowledge around minimalism and intentional living but then i ask a question i said what makes me different you know i also share that message through poetry so i'm not just another minimalist on youtube that's you know sharing the same you know values as everyone else but uh, i do it in my own unique way Uh, in terms of my approach, my mindset, but also my creativity within my poetry. So uh, it's fun, it's challenging, and I I truly enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I definitely vibe with that, you know, because one of the big reasons I started this podcast was because, you know, I had thoughts I wanted to get out there, I had passions I wanted to talk about. But I also wanted to, you know, for, for me, try and be the best me that I could be and help others, you know, at least try and inspire others to do the same. And so I I definitely vibe with that notion. One thing, though, I I wanted to ask you, um, you know, just about writing, about poetry, you know, literature in general. Who's your favorite author?
1: Oh, man, favorite author. Oh, that's a tough one. And and to be honest, be honest, completely honest with you, I don't think I have a favorite author. I have some poets that I'm very uh, inspired by. Uh, There's a poet called Propaganda who's very, uh, he was one of the first ones that I listened to that kind of really inspired some of the pieces that I've written. Um, He's a very... uh, very interesting artists. And then there's a young lady called Jackie Harris, who is, um, she may not be well known, but she's a very abstract poet as well. Um, And then I have guys like Joseph Solomon, um, very just spoke. See, my my style of poetry is very spoken word. It's not very rhymy rhyme. So um, a lot of the poets that I'm mentioning now are very abstract and spoken word based poets. So I think that's where. my passion lies, so I can't say that I have a favorite author, but I do have some some favorite poets that inspire my my style of writing.
0: Obviously, you you pay attention to the the poetry scene, if you'd call it that. But um, do do you read a lot? Yeah, no?
1: I read a little bit, but to be completely honest with you, not a, not a whole lot. And I think that's another aspect of my life that uh, is going to start to shift now that I've decluttered the other distractions around me uh, in terms of relationships and friendships that I've built. So um, I'll start to add values like that to my life. Um, I do read, but it's not uh, kind of a core piece of me yet. I, sh- I would say.
0: Do you like fiction or nonfiction?
1: Ooh, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with fiction, just because. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, just because it's that that creative aspect to it, uh, where you can where you can okay. create create your own, um, drop your own storyline, your own plot, um, or whatever it is like that. But. That is contradictory to my style of poetry because my poetry is very nonfiction. I do pull from a lot of emotions that either I have or others have, and I actually done a a series on my YouTube channel where I've done "Let Me Tell Your Story." So I ask my followers to share their personal journeys or challenges with me and allow me to turn them into poetry. So I've written some pieces for some of my fans who you know who have dealt with insecurities and dealt with uh, mental health issues and suicide attempts and. <clears throat> And everything. So it really, my poetry is very fiction, a very non-fiction, but my my style of interest would probably be non, it would probably be fiction just because you have that that uh creative aspect and, and dreaming and whatever you want to do side of it as well.
0: Yeah, that's cool. You ever met one of your fans in person? Yeah, I actually have. <laughs> I actually have.
1: Uh, my, uh, my 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 well, my Instagram now is at I'm Ron Banks, and that was a part of my whole reinventing myself. But before that, it was poetically smooth. And that was when I was still having, you know, my nickname was still Smooth and that side of me was still present. And my girlfriend and I were somewhere at art gallery or something somewhere, uh, one of the open mics that I was uh, hosting and performing. And someone came up to me and was like, oh, poetically smooth. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> like, you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so um, but other than that, no, I haven't met anyone uh, in person other than that. And. You know, I'm sure it happen one day, and I'm sure I'll be taken back by it because I just see myself as an average guy just sharing his his knowledge and values around certain topics. But uh, you know, if it happens, I'll be I'll be shocked and would love to have a conversation with anyone.
0: Yeah, you'll get there soon, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you you told me how long you've been doing YouTube, but just for just for this, you know, how how long have you been doing it?
1: Uh, I started YouTube in 2014, uh, but I was very uh, non you know I just wasn't posting that much (laughs) and um it started with my poetry and that's when you know I was just sharing my poetry on Facebook and uh sharing Facebook videos of my poems and things like that and then someone just said hey put stuff on YouTube and you know you had that initial fear of wow YouTube you know that's the whole world (laughs) but uh you know Facebook is just your friends YouTube is the whole world but um you know so I I I pulled the plug on that and I I uploaded my first video, and it was, you know, it was cool, you know, so I uploaded a couple of videos, poems on YouTube, and then uh, I started to be a little more consistent with my poetry and my uploads there, and then within the last two years or so is when I first started getting into the minimalism, and then uh, I uploaded my first video and then just started sharing my value and knowledge around that, so I've been on YouTube since 2014, I've been consistent on YouTube for the last two and a half, three years. <laughs>
0: Okay, that that that's what really counts, right? Right, exactly. Right. Exactly. When exactly. you're fully
1: committed. Yep, exactly, exactly. And it is, it's, it's a, it's another job in itself. But again, I don't look at it like that because it's a passion. You know, I love writing. I love sharing my values around minimalism, intentional living, habit change. So it's, uh, you know, it's. I look at that as just like you said, a passion project, similar with your podcast. It's something that I truly enjoy doing, uh, which is why I'm going to continue to do it.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like what they say, right? Uh, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Exactly. Exactly. I still feel like I'm working though, you know. This yeah. is a lot of hard work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know, a little bit. But I think I think that that hard work piece of it is enjoyable because it's something you truly love doing. I think that's different than oh, yeah, you fair. know working working a day job I and mean, it's it's hard work, but you may not necessarily enjoy doing it. So uh, it's it's a difference, and and I think you know I can speak for both you and I when I say this. You know, we're going to continue to do what we love to do. And it's, you know, if it's a passion of ours and something that we're truly interested in, you know, we would never look at it as work, regardless of how hard that work is.
0: So I always have to ask this, you know, I've had other, you know, passion pursuers and business owners on this, but what's the end goal? What's the end goal for you?
1: Wow, that's a great question. I think the end goal is, like I said, with my poetry is to allow my voice to speak from more hearts than just my own. And whatever form that takes, whatever shape that takes, uh, I'm going to pursue that. But I think the end goal is just to inspire others to find what they value and stick, to stay true to themselves, honestly. Uh, it took me a while to really figure out who I was and what I wanted to pursue in life and what my values were. I was so caught up in this Mr. Smooth persona of me and trying to impress my friends and impress the people around me and spending money I didn't have on things I don't need to impress people I didn't know. And uh, the end goal is to is to help others realize that you don't need I don't want to say things, but you don't need things to impress people, you don't need things to stay true to you, and you don't need approval from others to be you, and however I can communicate that and help others grow through their personal journeys and overcome their challenges in life and and find their strongest self, uh, then I think that I'll be happy and successful in my own eyes and in terms of what I've done uh, with my content and with my voice. So. That's the end goal for now. If it grows and expands from there, then, you know, I'll walk that path as it approaches. But right now, my my goal is to just share as much value as I can, free value as I can uh, to help others grow because I'm still growing myself. So I think that's where and I think that's where a lot of the the connection that I've drawn with people comes from is because I'm not speaking from, you know, a, a teacher's perspective like this is what you need to do. I'm speaking from someone that's actually growing through this with you. And my YouTube channel is more of a community based channel where we're all growing together. We're all sharing our experiences in the comment section and things like that. So as I'm growing, we are growing and we're growing together. But I'm just publicly sharing the experience that I'm having.
0: Yeah. Again, dude, everything you're saying, I, I totally vibe with it because I, I just had the same mindset, you know. And I, I feel like I've expressed it in a couple episodes back, but I, I have said, you know, that. My end goal for this is really just to keep doing what I'm doing and keep expressing myself and, and being passionate about you know how, who I am and, and how I live and if I can help someone along the way, even if it's just one person with like the smallest thing, you know, like they decided to you know s- start recycling. I don't know something like that. It it's good enough for me. That's a success for me because I I help change one person's life and. You know, one thing that I keep revolving back to is just you know mental health because you know I mentioned before that um, you know I've, I've had challenges, especially like throughout high school, a little bit through college, of of mental health. You know, like uh, depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, things like that. And you know, this this is one of those things that's really helped me. And, and I get to meet people like you, people. You know, honestly, you've, you've inspired me to to do to do more oh, I appreciate because that. I actually do have a daily journal. Yeah, and. uh you you're inspiring me to actually start writing it again. You know, you're you're inspiring me to start maybe maybe try poetry. That, you know, that's you know, that's, that's, some of that. that's
1: the goal, man. That's the goal. And if it's if it's an interest of yours and and it's something that you're seeing and receiving value from, that that I'm happy with that. You know, I'm ecstatic, honestly, because I think that, you know, I'm not looking to you know, you know, build my clout for lack of a better term. With my with my content, I'm I'm looking to honestly inspire others and help others grow on their own personal journeys. And then, like I said, always remind them to stay true to you, because your journey is going to be unique to you, your process is going to be unique to you, and what you're experiencing is going to be unique to you. So don't compare yourself to me, don't compare yourself to others, but grow on your individual journey. And in doing so, we can grow together.
0: Are you uh, just just wondering? Are you are you religious? Yeah, I am. I'm
1: Christian based. I uh, grew up that way. I uh, go to church sometimes, and <laughs> I'm not as consistent as I should sometimes. be. <laughs> and, you know, be honest, Not, as, but, you know, things do come up in life. But, uh, you know, I am a Christian-based faith, and I, I do believe in, in, in that part of my life as well.
0: Yeah, the reason I ask you is, you know, you, you seem very, um, obviously well-spoken, but very in tune with you. With- your know, your spirituality and and like your I don't know how else to put this. Your faith. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, think, you, I think I think I think uh...
1: I think that comes from my just my integrity in general. Um, you know, growing up my father always had a lot of sayings and life lessons for my brother and I. And um he always said that integrity is like virginity. Once you lose it, it's gone. So I, I always <laughs> you know, I always it's, it's it's funny saying, but I always, you know, strive to to, you know, uphold my integrity and in everything that I do. So I think that's where a lot of my uh, you know, values that you see and how I speak and how I present myself come from. And then I think it also, it's why a lot of people can connect with me so well is because I'm so direct and honest, but genuine about everything that I do. So, uh, but I'm all, I'm always going to be that way. It's not not just something that I'm speaking on for the podcast, but I'm, I'm just, that's how I am and how I'm going
0: to be. Yeah. It's just, that's that's, that's you. Ron that's Banks. Ron exactly. Banks. Exactly. Right
1: that's there. Ron Banks. Yep. The reinvented Ron <laughs> Banks, not the Mr. Smooth version. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you, do you still, uh, anyone still call you Mr. Smooth? Like yeah, a lot of people, honestly, like, especially yeah, personally? some
1: people, yeah. And honestly, my dad calls me that, you know, it it, <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it's just one of those nicknames that kind of stuck through high school and then it, you know, it, it stayed with me through college and then it, it expanded from there into family. So my dad still calls me Smooth from time to time. If I ever run into anybody from college or high school for whatever reason, they may still, you know, call me that, but it's not something that I am openly wanting to be addressed by because I am letting that phase of my life go.
0: Do you, do you care for nicknames? Yeah,
1: I don't. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't matter. You know, if you have a, if you have a nickname, if, if, if they give me a nickname. Cool, but you know, I, as, as long as it fits within, you know, my core values and who I really am, it represents that, and not this persona of what I want to be or what I want others to think that I am. And I think that's where that Mr. Smooth came from. I wanted others to see me as smooth or popular as the guy who had all the shoes and et cetera, et cetera. But um, Mm. growing up, maturing, letting that phase of my life go, you know, while I still may have smooth s things about my personality and how I carry myself, it's not who I am and how I want to be addressed. Um, I'm just Ron Banks. I'm myself, and I'm always going to be myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, in high school, um, you know, because— my name's Max. It's just Max, but You're people right. will call me Maximus. Right. And then somehow, <laughs> someone added like Prime to it, like Optimus oh, Prime, but wow. Maximus Prime. Maximus Prime. <laughs> and so, yeah, a lot of people called me that in uh, high school, but then eventually, you know, it was a little too long to say, so they just called me MP. And then, you know, like I, I always rolled with it. You right. Know? It was something that that I loved because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm Prime, right. I'm Maximus Prime, right. I'm MP. But then in, in college, you know, it's I just had this change, and I was just like, I I don't need that. Right. You know? Yep. And a lot of the friends I was hanging out with, I can't even really call them friends now because I just kind of lost touch of them. But, you know, it, it, was, it was something that, you no know, no offense to them, but they didn't really add too much value to my life. And I started to realize that. And so I dropped that. And I felt like the only way to really drop that was to just, you know, any t- anytime someone just referred to me as any of those nicknames, I'd just be like, dude, it's just Max now. Right, just Max. Like, I don't need all that. And I feel like that really did help me, especially like. Mental health wise, you know, because I, I got to get away from that whole toxicity. Yep, is that a word? Yep. Toxicity of it, and it's just you know it, it it was a big change. Um, and I I don't know if you had like a very similar kind of epiphany with the with the change of it, but it it seems like you did. Yeah,
1: definitely. It was a it was a a challenging change for me because how I marketed myself across you know my social media platforms that I was using at the time was by Mister Smooth, the smooth persona. And I use that, you know, to really tie into my poetry and my style of writing and how I perform my poetry. But, um, you know, when I spoke to, to it with my girlfriend, you know, I'm thinking about letting go of this smooth persona of me, and she was very supportive of it. Thought I should have been let it go, but um, <laughs> it was, you know, it was a, it was a challenge because, like you said, you know, it becomes a part of you for so long, and then when you start to correct others and and let go of it yourself, it is it is eye opening. It is freeing. Um, but it is, it's still a challenge at the same time, just because, you know, like I said, it's been a part of me for forever, but it's not who I am and who I want to be associated with, I should say, because it wasn't, it wasn't me. So I don't want to be associated with whoever that person was.
0: H- has you s- seen your art style kind of, uh, evolve over the years? You know, obviously you, you still do journaling, you still do, you know, just main style of like spoken, spoken word, but have you seen like major change or not major, maybe just like minor changes in like, maybe how you phrase things or like, you know, how you structure your poems?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some changes, but I think those changes come from just, you know, my writing maturing and, you know, as you do more of it, you get better at it. So I think it stems from that. I don't think it necessarily stems from me uh, letting go of the Mr. Smooth persona at all. I think the Mr. Smooth was just how I, it was almost the wrapping paper on the gift. It's just how I presented Mm -hmm. myself. And now I don't want to present myself as Mr. Smooth, the poet. I'm just presenting myself as Mr. S- as Ron Banks, the poet. And Mr. Smooth is just something that uh, was a phase in my life and has passed. And now I've grown grown past that. So um, my writing has evolved, gotten better, but not because of the Mr. Smooth or anything like that. Just because of the maturity, practicing, and, and challenging myself with different writing styles.
0: Yeah, you just learn more. Grammar.
1: Grammar. Exactly. Yep. More grammar, (laughs) different, different, different ways of phrasing things as well. You know, some, sometimes with my writing, I'm very early on, I was just very direct about it, but now I'm a little more, uh, you know, I don't want to say indirect, but, you know, like you said, just the grammar and the way that I phrase things is a little different. I like to play around with, with how words are pronounced a little bit. So I'm not pronouncing anything wrong, but, um, I just, Play around with where the emphasis falls within that word, so that way it kind of flows differently within the poem.
0: Do you uh do you speak any other languages? Just...
1: I do not. Just... I wish I did, but I do not. That w- that would be fun for especially for writing. That would that would definitely yeah. be yeah. fun. But <laughs> I, that's I why don't... I mentioned it.
0: You know, because like if you did like Spanish or French or something, then maybe your writing would be a little different. Uh, right. You didn't take any like language classes in high yeah, school. Yeah,
1: I, I did. It just it didn't stick. Uh, <laughs> you which, know? which ones you take? I, I've taken I've taken French and Spanish, but. You know, the only thing I can do now is I can count a little bit in Spanish and I can say my ABCs in French, I think. <laughs> I think I think I can still say those. But other than that, you know, man, it's just it, it didn't it didn't stick for me for whatever reason. It just didn't stick.
0: Um, no, uh, no. Same, but I was, same boat, man. I, I took Spanish and uh, French. I took Latin, too. And I know like a couple of words, you know, French. I can le- I know better because I took it in college as well. But, um, you know, obviously being Chinese a lot of people assume I speak Mandarin, and it's like, dude, I don't, I don't know nothing. Anymore. You don't know anything, like, right? <laughs> Ni Hao, maybe. But right, it's just that's like, it. Like... <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I don't know. It just, it just, it just never stuck for me. It, and I think, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't apply myself hard enough. Who knows? You know, it was years ago, but I just, it just never stuck for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it didn't stick with a lot of people. You know, obviously, right. I'm, I'm another one in that boat. It's a hundred percent right here between the two of us. Right. But. Uh... <laughs>
1: I think I think it's one of those things if you, if, you, if you wanted to practice another language or learn another language, you have to use it every day. And I yeah. wasn't using it every day. I was just using it in the classroom to pass the class. And, you know, as soon as class is over, I'm back to myself. So it it it, it just never stuck. You know, I think yeah, I had to yeah. use it every day for it to stick.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, I I had some friends that um you know they actually traveled abroad in high right. school for it. And I'm just like, dude, you don't need to do that. And then now I'm thinking like, maybe I should have done that too. Maybe you should
1: have, right? Because then you can <laughs> yeah. use it every day. You can use it in everyday life. And then, you know, also, I also was realizing when I was in my Spanish classes that a lot of the Spanish we were learning was very formal, but how it yeah. was spoken outside of the class wasn't as formal. So it, it's a a you know a barrier there. You're learning it one way, but it's being used another. So like I said, if you're not using it every day and using it in real world situations, it'd be very, very difficult to learn.
0: Yeah. And, uh, just, just on that, you know, the formality of it. Yep. My girlfriend's actually from China. She's been here for about 15 years now. Okay. But, she, you know, she learned English in China. And, um, you know, they taught British English. So a lot of her stuff was a lot more formal. Yep. And then, you know, throughout the years, it slowly degraded back to the American style. Back to the American style, yep. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you can, she'll say things, and I'm just like, what? She's like... Right. What, what are you saying? Uh, right. Is it your accent, or is it just like the British? Right. She's like, she's like. I'm pretty sure it's the British. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: That, that that's that's another thing. Yeah. That's. I'm sure if we went to to Britain, we would uh, they would think the same of us.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so be a completely yeah. different languages. Like, what are you saying, dude? Exactly.
1: Both English, but completely different. Completely. Yeah. You,
0: you go over there. It's like it's like, man. I want some. Uh, I want some cookies. I'm like Eat biscuits. Like what right what are, what are, no i don't want biscuits i want cookies right <laughs> <laughs> things like that <laughs> yep you're right all right so um let me see the time here we're at 47 47 minutes okay i think that's pretty good you know we we had a lot to talk about um do you have anything else you want to talk about
1: uh no not enough on top of my head i appreciate the shameless plug for my youtube channel but um oh for sure man you know i'm 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 open to, to more audiences i'll definitely share your podcast with my audience as well you have a lot of value to add there as well. So definitely I appreciate the conversation. Appreciate the opportunity. Awesome,
0: man. you got any shout outs or anything more shameless plugs?
1: Yeah. So you go ahead and follow me on YouTube. You can follow me, find me at, at I'm Ronald, well at Ronald L banks. I'm on Instagram at I'm Ron banks. So I am Ron banks. Uh, but then shout out to my amazing and beautiful girlfriend as well. She'll probably hate me for doing that, but uh, <laughs> I have to shout her out. She's been a huge, huge support system for me in this growth and change that I'm experiencing. So, uh yeah and then shout out to max with the podcast i appreciate yeah, it
0: yeah, man yeah i'll uh you know i'll link everything on the uh, okay. description for this episode yeah. but you know ron thank you so much for for being on the show uh thank I know you it's, appreciate it's the opportunity fun. You, know, you, you inspired me you taught me a lot and more more success to you
1: of course man more success to you as well and, and definitely always stay true to you and everything yeah. you do everything all right, you do so man.
0: Right. got to do the uh usual sign off all right guys if you like this episode and you want to hear more i try and post every monday um ron i think he does like twice a week right, yes, right. sir. Yep. Channel. Channel.
1: every monday and but thursday yeah, yeah
0: you know we're, we're two passionate guys we're two smart very handsome dudes and so yeah, you know, so if, you know, you know wanna, if you guys want <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to hear more you know check out check out both our our uh, you know links and you know always guys thank you so much for listening have an amazing day get out there get hungry and good luck